One. Hey friends, Scott Sullivan here, Discipleship Catalyst, Georgia Baptist Mission Board. And such a good day to kick off this discussion of learning communities. We're kicking off 2021. We're here in January, our first broadcast of the year. And we want to share something with you that is potentially a game changer for you. And I'll be honest with you, it's one of those things that I wish I had had as a, a minister for the last 30 years. Uh, I'm now here in overseer position, not in the local church. I'm not in the grind like you guys and ladies are, um, but I'm trying to help with some of the things that you're going through. And a learning community is something we're setting up six of those in each of the six regions throughout the state. Now, here's what a learning community is. A learning community is really the inner circle of Georgia Baptist discipleship. And uh, they, they really exist to sharpen and encourage and resource each other. So it's not something that our team is going to come into and, and just teach you. We're not going to lead you. These are groups of people just like you all over our state. And particularly, there may even be some in other states that are going to be doing this because we have people that are watching this uh, and listening by podcasts all over the world. But we want to get our leaders together where you're just chewing on these different topics. And, and listen, friends, this is so important. I, I just want to make sure that you know that the, the reason we're able to do this and the reason that our team is able to get together is because you give to the cooperative program. So let me just, as we kick off things, let me just say thank you for giving to the cooperative program. And those dollars are hard at work for sure. Now, um, this learning community, when we talk about how they can affect you, how they can benefit you in your ministry, um, we are collecting best practices. So, so there, are, there are five people on our uh, consultant team right now spread out all over the state. And what we're doing is through this Facebook group and through podcasts and our discussions and phone calls, we're collecting best practices of what's happening all over the world. And then we're funneling them down as best we can into your hands, into your heart, so that you know what's happening and you can best serve. Now, how cool would it be if you could meet with a group of leaders just like yourself once a month, every two months, maybe once a quarter, um, how often you meet, really, it's up to you. You'll work with a host. So the host exists in your region, and he's gathering people to kick these learning communities off. Let me just share why this is so personal to me, because in Louisiana, where I was growing up for, you know, the 29 years that I was in ministry there, I never had that group of networked people that I could meet with regularly and ask questions. I can remember in Ringgold, central Louisiana, being 21 years old, losing one of my the teenage girls in a single car accident, preaching my first funeral and not knowing what in the world to say, how to minister to the family. What do I do? Where do I go? I didn't have that group of people around me that I was meeting with regularly that could share wisdom, but also, man, just with a broken heart could encourage me. I remember being in Houghton, Louisiana, and implementing a, a new disciple-making strategy, which for that church, they never even heard that word before. Like, why would we want to implement something new? We've been a, they'd been a church for 140 years, and the church was okay. They didn't see anything wrong. But listen, when you're trying to do things out of the box, and particularly right now, in this pandemic and eventually a post-pandemic world, you're gonna need people to ask questions, to chew in, and just really to encourage you along the way. 
And I also remember one more circumstance. Um, and it was just so difficult. I was in a church and we had a retreat and we had a, a guy that um, just one of the most trusted people in the church um, sexually abused several of our girls um, there in the church. And, and man, you talk about devastating some of the darkest days of our ministry, professional lives, darkest days of the church. And I didn't have anybody to say, man, what do I do? Who do you call? So gratefully, we had the Holy Spirit to lean on, but I'm just telling you, these learning communities that are being set up in your region, hopefully within 30, 45 minutes of driving time for you to get to any one of those can be a game changer. Now, Ray Sullivan is going to jump on here with me. Ray is our Southeast consultant for Georgia Baptist Discipleship and doing a great job. Already has some of these learning communities uh, coming up. And uh, Ray, I want you to introduce, because you've got a couple of your local pastors that you're going to bring on today, and, and we're going to do a little Q&A to try to work through how we can understand and implement these learning communities. Hey, Scott, thanks. Uh, welcome to 2021. Um, excited about this year, and um, i tell you why I'm so excited uh, is guys like we've got on today. I've had the opportunity since last January of just connecting uh, with pastors and guys that are in the trenches and uh, that's what you and I both did for uh, for 30 years, 29, 30 years, and and now we're in these positions. So we don't, you know, we don't want to lose touch uh, with what's going on uh, in the church. Um, none of us ever want to do that. And so these relationships we have, man, have just been great for me. These are two great friends of mine and uh, guys that I just respect. Uh, they're in the trenches. They're local pastors down here in the southeast region. They're also uh, two of our hosts for our learning communities. Uh, that have already kind of gotten underway, but will really kick off this month. Um, Robbie Norman uh, is here with us today. Robbie is the pastor at Corinth uh, Baptist Church over in Richmond Hill. He's hosting a, a learning community that actually meets next Tuesday uh, over there. And um, Chris Roberts uh, from here in Blackshear at Bridge Community Church. So I just want to take a moment, let these guys just introduce themselves to you um, and uh, talk a little bit about their church, their setting, uh, and then we'll talk a little bit more about why these learning communities are, are so important. So, Robbie, hey, man, start with you. Um, tell us a little bit about your situation at Corinth. Uh, I stepped in about five years ago as pastor at a church that was really uh, in a situation of a broken heart. The previous pastor before me had served for 14 years and the Lord took him home to heaven just unexpectedly. Mm -hmm. And then they were without a pastor for a couple of years when I stepped in. Uh, not a lot of uh, motivation, not a lot of encouragement, just kind of going through the motions. Uh, but I realized quick that uh, there was a gigantic discipleship deficiency here. So for these last four and a half, five years, I've been working towards implementing a discipleship process in the church to where people were just not just going to Sunday school, not just showing up on Wednesday night or Sunday night, but really uh, going through an intentional process of becoming more like Christ and being a disciple following Jesus, uh, mentoring other people, so on and so forth. So uh, it's been a bit of a grind, a bit of a challenge, but at the same time, God's done just an incredible work over uh, a short period of time, which can seem like a long period of time, but it takes a while for this to really uh, get momentum and moving. Think about uh, getting a freight train moving at full speed. It takes a while to get up to that, to that speed. So that's where we are. We're in a community that is uh, heavily unchurched, but it's also growing rapidly, great school system, um, great people in the community, but 
uh, at least 70% uh, from what statistics say are lost. So we have a huge mission field here to reach people with the gospel and to disciple uh, believers to go out and be a part of that uh, great commission. And Robbie, hey, you, um, is this your first pastor? You, you came out of a staff position, didn't you? Yes. Um, and uh, came into the, the pastor's role and you're kind of there by yourself. I think you, you just hired a, a part-time uh, minister of music, I think. Is, is yeah, we're a bit of a smaller church. We, well, pre-COVID, we were between 100 and 150 on Sunday, and we're climbing back up to that. But since I've been here, we've been able to hire a youth minister. And one of our biggest needs was a, a worship pastor who doesn't just sing well and no, no music, but he's a, he's a people developer also. So that's what we needed in our staff were, were some people that could really uh, be a disciple that makes disciples within the context of the ministry that God has called them to. Good deal. Really neat watching what's going on. I, I watched your sermons as you were preaching through that discipleship pathway and uh, excited to see what God's going to do there. Hey, Chris, uh, Chris Roberts uh, in Blackshear, Georgia, now home of the first time Pierce County Bears who won the 3A state championship. That's uh, right. So the what's Bears. up, Chris? <laughs> hey, how y'all doing? Uh, my name's Chris, uh, pastoring a bridge now for 10 years. Uh, I was the church planter of bridge, uh, came out of my home church, uh, First Baptist Blackshear, uh, got their blessing, and we started Bridge Community Church um, 10 years ago with about 30 folks uh, to help us get us started. And so we're now 10 years, um, and prior to COVID, we were right there averaging uh, between 300 to 350 on Sunday mornings uh, through our ministries. Um, and so we've seen a lot of different seasons uh, within our church over 10 years, um, starting with everybody bringing their chairs to a daycare center uh, to do worship and small group in houses uh, to expand now to where we got a church with some programs and, and, and ministries. But we are part-time staff. I have a few staff members, but they're all part-time. Uh, we grew from it just being me to, to part-time. And in that process, the consistent thing has been uh, having to be heavy, uh, relying on our laity leaders. Uh, and so very thankful with the core that we started with. They kind of helped a great foundation. But as we grew, uh, the challenge of discipling the way I grew up in college ministry, discipling became more and more challenging uh, to where uh, we started leaning on that program model again instead of that one-on-one -on -one, uh, personal relational model. And so we are um, at that point where we see the reality that for us, God continued to use the growth. We've got to continue uh, disciple-making and learning how to schedule. Uh, we live in a culture as well uh, around 70% all uh, challenges uh, them seeing a difference in people's lives. And we know that only comes through uh, people walking with the Lord and people don't know how to walk with the Lord unless someone walks with them, you know, in that process as well. So uh, the challenge for us, and one reason I'm loving, excited about this learning community is we're at kind of a stage where uh, I need to hear how God's working in other people's lives um, in other pastors' lives and how they're trying to implement uh, principles of discipleship within their context, because every church is different. 
but we all kind of have the same people um, as far as the personalities and the hangups. And so it is wonderful when we can sharpen from one another and learn from each other, regardless of the context that we're in, as far as the size, uh, we can still gain how to do personal discipleship and collectively uh, continue in an organized fashion, move your church in a more deeper understanding of Christ. So I'm excited about it. Uh, it's, it's needed in my life at this point. Uh, when I started uh, the church plan, I had just came out of seminary and uh, really enjoyed the camaraderie and the fellowship with the men that went to school with us, where we just learned from each other. We love we love the teaching, but we learned just as much uh, in between the classes when we talked. And so my last three months uh, being a part of this learning community and connecting with Ray and and the other guys that are coming, I, I feel that same environment again, where I'm like, this is, this is sharpening me. And so I'm excited to be here. Uh, excited that our church at this time, it, it, we're getting the opportunity to plug into this because it's needed where we're at, or we're going to as well plateau and, and, and not move forward. So looking forward to, uh, to the future of this ministry and, uh, and the fellowship that comes from it. Well, thank you, Chris. Uh, yeah, man, you you answered so much there of what what I've been thinking and 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 what I'm seeing that's going on in our state. And hey, we're we're having a little bit of audio uh, issues here and there. I, I think uh, that's what happens when you have a little bit of live recording. Uh, but on the same time that we are down in South Georgia, so uh, we are all used to that. Uh, we understand that uh, down here. But let me ask you guys this question: If you just take just a second here, think about you know, and I'm thinking about guys coming from smaller churches um, or coming coming from maybe some of our guys on here that may be um, they're there by themselves. They don't have any staff members. You talked about the importance of laity uh, leadership in your church, Chris, or maybe even some of our bivocational guys. What are, what are some of the challenges that, that you see in, in leading a smaller church um, to become a disciple making church? You don't have a discipleship pastor. Uh, you don't have all these other things, but you're trying to do it as a pastor. What, what are some of the challenges, Robbie, that, that you faced um in trying to lead that disciple making church? Well, for the first about four years, I was it, the pastor, that was it. Uh, and so you have to balance everything that comes with being a pastor. You have to, you know, prepare your sermons. You have to uh, be a, a shepherd to people, not just spiritually, but also, you know, hospital visits, phone calls, text messages, meetings with different ministry leaders you know we rely heavily on lay leadership also so uh different leadership teams and things like that so you're having to to balance all this but you have to remember what the central focus of the church is is to be a basically a disciple making factory that makes disciples that sends disciples out into the world to make more disciples so uh keeping the main thing the main thing but also being able to balance everything else that comes with being a pastor it can get heavy. And so uh, even with, if you add staff, it, even because our, our staff, I'm the only full-time staff person, our, our music and, and youth people, they're, they're bivocational. And so, uh, you know, call, being able to call on them is, you know, one guy's working a job at Chick-fil-A, uh, our youth minister, he's, he's a college student. So he's in class all the time. So uh, having to balance all of those things it can be challenging, but being able to keep that balance is, is very, very uh, profitable. And over time, um, you start seeing when you're intentional about disciple making, you start seeing the results happen and it, it gives you a lot of encouragement. 
That's cool. I mean, yeah, the, the things that pastors are having to deal with today and all the different things, and they were coming in and saying, hey, you got to be a personal disciple maker. You got to lead a disciple making church. And it can be overwhelming. Uh, yeah. with a lot of that. Chris, uh, man, what, what would you what would you say to that? Well, I would say that first, I think pastors battle with loneliness. I mean, they we, we want to seem like we got it all together, but we're just human beings at the end of the day, like anyone else. And I, when you're trying to transition and grow a church, even if you have a few staff members or lay leaders, you still feel lonely up there, you know, out front. And when you're trying to, even the workers that come on board in your church, unfortunately, they have been programmed over the last 50 years in a certain model that this is discipleship. I go and I really act like a herd of cattle. You know, I go and show up and I sit here and I listen and I go and do what the pastor says. And I don't learn, I don't learn how to hear God's voice and what God's speaking to my heart. And I don't learn how to take someone to the side after they get saved and, and walk them through uh, a personal quiet time. And when you try to start introducing that stuff to them, that's a foreign language, even to your, sometimes your most committed worker, you know, in your church and you just feel lonely. And so when you start feeling lonely, it starts making you doubt. And you, you do, as, as Robbie says, you got these other responsibilities that you've got to handle uh, that the people actually accept more uh, and expect of you. Uh, and the energy that you spend on one or two or three or four guys, uh, they might not quite get that. And so, to me, the lonely factor of, man, am I, am I weird? Am I doing this by myself? Is anybody else there thinking uh, that we need to get back more to a biblical approach? To me, the fellowship of this learning community kind of helps bring that encouragement back, you know, kind of helps fan the flame and say, hey, we are on track. Stay with it uh, because it's not going to be a, a flip of the switch. It's going to be a process, but you're not alone in this. And and I think sometimes pastors, yeah, they have a fellowship, but then they need that fellowship of pastors, you know, beyond their congregation that are like-minded saying, hey, don't give up, you know, keep fanning the flame. Because a lot of times pastors don't have that in their church, you know, saying, pastor, this is a priority. We support you. Um, most of the time they get, pastor, I don't get what you're talking about. Uh, and it's just good to know that you got a set of guys saying, dude, you're not crazy. Or if you are, you're not alone being crazy. You know, let's just walk in this together. And so I think that is one of the huge things that pastors may have a hunger for is like, man, I do want to do this, but am I the only one out there? And we're not. Uh, and to have another brother knowing they're praying for your congregation, praying for you, uh, to be able to bounce things off, even be able to say, hey, I'm thinking of this idea how to help our church and to be able to throw it out to those guys before you blow it up in your face in front of some of your church workers. That's just a wonderful safe environment to have and i think pastors need that uh because pastors are isolated right now and they need a fellowship like this to help them i think Scott, that's the goal of the learning communities man right it is and chris that is so good because we want pastors associate executive you know whatever if it, if it happens to be a staff member we want those individuals to know that you're not alone and, and those of us who've done it for a long time, man, we have had those moments like you were talking about, Chris, that we feel like we're alone and that should not be the case. So uh, we're not OK with it. And that's what the learning community exists for. Matter of fact, let me share this quote from one of our South Georgia pastors. He wrote this, uh, I believe it's in the 
Southwest region. And he said, listen, full transparency. This is the hardest ministry season I've ever experienced. I'm not going anywhere or anything, but just at a, a point where I don't have a lot of excitement about the next several months, I do look forward to these learning community meetings. And that's been echoed as we're visiting with you guys in the local trenches. Um, and people are talking about that need. I love what John Spencer said too, Ray. We were, I was talking to John. John's all things discipleship there in Sherwood Church, uh, incredible leader. And he said, you know, um, early on, he had an opportunity to be a part of something like this. It wasn't called learning community, but it was that type of cohort, that type of gathering of, of guys and leaders. And he said it bore as much fruit in his life as anything that he did. And he, he told me this, I believe making disciples is rooted in relationships. The more we can do to foster relationships between, between pastors and hold each other's arms up in the battle, the more effective we will be in these regions. So, man, I'm just so grateful to have guys like Chris and Robbie on here and, uh, and so many more that will be jumping into these learning communities. Now, Robbie, let me throw a question to you because you're, you're getting involved in the learning community. Um, you've, you've dealt with some of this and you've, you know the side of loneliness, you know the frustration of the pastor, but you also know the uh, networking and the value of that relationship. So how has the learning community helped you? One of the things is that, like Chris kind of alluded to, you know, you're not alone, but we're able to talk about uh, what God's doing in our churches. And it's not a competition. Like we're not poking our chests out and saying, well, you know, I I've got 400 people or I've got, well, we don't really, we don't talk about numbers. We talk about strategy. And one of the great things about the learning community is, is we're not taking something that we're throwing up on a whiteboard and saying, Hey, this works. We're taking the biblical strategy and we're sharing how that's being lived out. Uh, in our local churches. And so someone who might be a little bit further along in a disciple making ministry can encourage someone who might just be getting the ball rolling, so to speak. And so there's always something to learn from and to take from, from each person that, that brings value to the table. So it doesn't matter if, you know, you're a church and you only have 25 people or you're a church and you have 500 people, uh, everyone can come together and they can, they can leave with something tangible and valuable that they can uh, prayerfully consider maybe implementing in their own church, whether it be a small group discipleship strategy, like how to start new groups or how to, how to continue groups and how to birth new groups. And also, I mean, too many things to list, uh, but everybody has a love for everybody and they wanna see the church really be the church biblically. And that's so valuable in these communities. And it's one thing that I'm very, very thankful for. Man, super, super good, Robbie. Now, Chris, in your context, what would you say, dealing with the learning community and uh, um, effectiveness in your life, but also what, how it even tracks you down into your church, but even uh, family, you know, because when we as a leader are not doing well, sometimes our spouse and, and kids and people that are closest to us bear the brunt of that. So, and how can, how has learning community helped you? Well, uh, first of all, from a personal standpoint, I feel like the environment that's being created, that if a guy needs to come in there and say, dude, I'm hurting, uh, they can do that. And that takes the top agenda, you know, uh, mm -hmm. of that minister to that guy. Um, now to say to 
to say to pastors that are thinking about this, we're not weirdos. We're not expecting you to be, you know, our best friend, you know, the first day you come, that's not going to happen just automatically. But I'm saying the environment's ushering in to where you can deepen relationships where you do have a brother saying, how are you doing personally? How can we be praying? And again, a lot of pastors don't have that right now. Uh, far as a personal disciple making, making moment, I felt safe in that environment. The first time I went to just kind of raise my hand and say, guys, I know how to do disciple making as a college student when I'm single and, you know, I just go into class and then I'm investing in another, another guy's life. And yes, I have Jesus's model with 12 guys, but Jesus wasn't married. Jesus didn't have kids. I, how did, how are y'all learning to do that personally as being a, a husband and a, and a family? And so it was just good to just throw that out there and say, and it was refreshing when other guys said, that's a great question. I'm trying to figure that out too. Um, <laughs> And the answers in God's word, but the application, how we put that about, we learn the practical wisdom of others, you know, sharing. And so for me to be in an environment where there's a guy that's been doing this now 10 years longer than I have, uh, and then be a part of a guy that is fresh out of it, ready to roll, that's five or eight years younger than me. I mean, I, I feel like a great sandwich in between there where I, I, I'm getting encouraged from all angles. And so that personal discipleship is that, I can let my guard down and I don't have to be the guy with the answer. Like I feel like I have to at church, you know, I can just talk with these guys. And then the last thing would be, yeah, the, the organizational, uh, how do we put skin on this within our church? How do we lead a whole flock? Yeah. We do want to do one-on-one -on -one personal discipleship, but then we still got 99 other sheep, you know, over here. How do we continue to feed all of them in an intentional, uh, way that's focused that's what I love about the emphasis that we're going in our Georgia Baptist mission board with our discipleship ministry. My personal opinion, I care about the nations. I want to get to the nations. Our church is very missional. We're not going to get more missional until we've grown more mature in our walk with Christ and, and people grow up. We're in a lot of ways, bridge is a big baby. Now, you know, we've got to start raising some of those people up. And so talking to other men about, methodology of how you're you know working a system in place or a pathway in place to disciple everyone um, so they all continue to grow man i just i jump on that because it's one thing to read a book about it it's another thing to hear a guy who's trying to put skin on that you know and walk in it uh and 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 how that's working how that's working and, and that's what i love about these guys the guys i've met so far they're not trying to puff their chest up and say oh we got to figure it out I feel like some of these guys are saying, man, we screwed up with this, you know, <laughs> uh, a couple of months ago, uh, learn wisdom from that. And so I, I just love the transparency, humility, humble environment where guys just can be brothers in Christ as we try to partner in this together. So that's why it's, that's how it's helped me personally. You know, it's like, I feel like I finally got that, you know, that, that fellowship back uh, as I continue to, to learn, you know, more. Love it. Love it, right? Hey, good stuff. You know, and I'm so glad you said that, Chris, because I remember that first meeting and um, uh, that was kind of an organizational meeting. I think we had about 30 guys there from from all around South Georgia, Southeast Georgia. And, you know, we're talking about all these methods and, and everybody was kind of throwing these things out. I remember you just kind of raised your hand. You're like, I get this. But, you know, and I remember you said that Jesus didn't have a wife and kids. <laughs> how, how am I going to do all of this stuff and balance my family? And man, the conversation 
that took off from there. It was like, that was where everybody needed to go. And uh, that's the neat thing about these. So, you know, uh, Scott, I, I'm just excited about where we're headed uh, with this. I mean, we've heard from these guys, we, we're just getting started. And uh, these are open um, to anybody, any staff member, any, I had a guy call me yesterday uh, that is working with the men's ministry of his church. And he, um, he's, he's a layman, but he found on the website, he found our Facebook page uh, on George Baptist Discipleship, was watching some of that, um, went in and heard about the learning communities and sent in a request and said, I'd like to be a part of a learning community. I, I looked, I didn't recognize his name. I didn't recognize any church, pulled him up. And he's a guy that's, that's doing men's ministry uh, in his church. And uh, he said, man, I just, I want to be about discipleship, but I, but I need, I just need this community. And so, you know, it's just, who knows what God's going to bring together in all of this. And I'm just, this is what blesses my heart. And I'm so excited about where we're headed with this. Well, Ray, I, and I, I agree with you. And one thing that, that both Robbie and Chris hit on that I think is just a key idea is the word that I called vulnerability. We as, particularly as, as goofy males, since we're in a denomination that's heavily weighted male leadership, um, there's two things we don't do well. One of those is intimacy. You know, we, we just, I grew up in a culture that I just didn't do that well. You know, uh, I didn't understand it, you know, but I grew into that, uh, like the idea of intimacy and then vulnerability. Man, when you're the pastor, when you're the leader, when you're the you know, discipleship or associate or whatever, you know, people expect you to have all those answers and it's hard to let your guard down and be honest with you professionally. Sometimes you can't with people that are in your church, you know, because they need you to have the answers, but these learning communities exist for you to have a place to say, you know what? I don't get it. Or I'm hurting or I'm angry. Uh, as, or as one pastor up here in the Northeast said, this, I just want somewhere I can go in and cuss somebody and not get fired. So I don't know that you need to do that, but uh, but the concept, the idea is the same. So Ray, man, thanks for putting this together. Thanks for bringing Chris and Robbie on here. And friends, listen, we're going to close this out, but we want you to know that these discipleship consultants are here. They're in your region and they are for you. They are um, there to help, to assist, and we want you to be a part of one of these learning communities. Maybe you're so overwhelmed, you're just like, man, I can't think about being involved in, in something else. At least let one of these uh, discipleship consultants visit with you and be that friend, even if it's just that one single person, until you can get your feet under you where you could be a part of that learning community. Listen, you can get more information. We're going to be dropping it in the links. And as always, if you've been tuning in here, we want to know where you're watching from. So make sure that your name is in the comments in the chat below. And we're going to give free swag away as we do every single week. And uh, we got some new product in, excited to give that away to you. So make sure you put your name, uh, make sure if you have any questions that you do so. We're going to also, right, drop a link in there in the comments where people can go straight to the learning community as part of our site and get more information. Like, you know, what do you do in a learning community? What, what happens there? Do you, can you eat there? Can you bring food? Uh, do you bring a guest? All those kind of questions can be answered. So friends, thank you for joining in. Thank you for joining the learning community. Robbie, Chris, and Ray, thank you for your wisdom today. And uh, as always, we wanna encourage you to reinvest the gospel seed that was shared with you.